today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, there's a new Tesla tunnel under Las Vegas, and Delta Airlines flies a plane full of luggage without passengers. Those stories next in the news. A bogus cigarette burn charge uncovers a dark side of rideshare companies, and we'll tell you about it in our Smarter Traveler segment at 320. Many of us have a travel bucket list, places we want to return to, visit for the first time, events we want to see in person. At 335, Steve Ryan, owner of Rudy's Hideaway, shares a travel dream come true. The California State Fair is back, and at 3.50 we have an update on what's waiting for you at the fair. Thanks for spending part of your summer Sunday afternoon with us. Welcome to the Travel Guide. On the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again To Alaska again, my friends. Time for another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Of course, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, that's us. We're your hosts. Thank you for taking some time out of your day on a kind of another scorcher Sunday here in Sacramento. Mark, good to see you. How's things at Sports Leisure? Things are good. We have started work on our annual catalog and the summer season is rolling along. There's a little COVID blips here and there, but uh, by and large, things are going pretty well. Outstanding. Uh, let me see. You've got some, got a couple of trips coming up here. And, of course, I know in a couple of weeks uh, you're excited to find your way over to San Francisco for a kind of a special baseball game. I know that's Ye- kind of high on yeah. your list. Yeah, well, uh, it was a pretty cool Friday night Giants game with uh, – Mike Yastrzemski walking off a grand slam home run uh, for those for those baseball fans in the crowd. Yes, Will Clark's number be it will be retired in a in a couple of weeks. I'm headed to Puget Sound, my favorite trip of the entire year. Go up and stay in this beautiful hotel at the Suquamish Indian Reservation. It's actually a hotel casino, but the cool thing is the hotel is completely separate from the casino. That would so that would be my kind of place. Absolutely, I like that. If you want to go play, that's fine. But if you want to just be in it and the rooms all overlook Puget Sound, it's just, you know, the thing is, Puget Sound on a bad day is gorgeous. Puget Sound on a great day is spectacular. So um, so I'll tell you all about it next next weekend. I promise. All right. We got lots of stuff to cover today. So uh, if you were with us at the beginning of the show, uh, you probably gathered that we've got a A whole basket full of fun stuff to talk about and things to make you a smarter traveler. At the top of every Travel Guys radio program, we bring you up to date on what's been going on in the travel news. And with the travel news, as always, here's Mark. Did you hear that uh, Friday night big bomb threat at San Francisco International in in the international part of the terminal? No less. Uh, Just a suspicious package 
Police questioned a couple people. Nobody arrested as of yet. Uh, package was safely removed and departures, uh, the airport and the BART station reopened and departures started going again Saturday morning about 6.30. Yuckarama. Yeah, uh, now was... Uh I'm still they're still sorting through that. Was there was there a threat of a bomb or was there just a suspicious bag as a box or something left? What we're hearing so far was just a suspicious package. All right. You know, Tom, the airlines have been talking about uh, shortages, staff shortages this summer. And we've all looked at things like flight attendants and baggage handlers and pilots. But there's another place to look a story. On Travel Pulse on Friday, um, says looming airline mechanic shortage could prolong flight disruptions. Apparently, um, they're not they're not educating, they're not turning enough mechanics out of mechanic school. The airlines are not, and so slowly but surely, they are running out of mechanics. Mechanics are working more overtime hours, and there's nobody coming behind them. At least not for a while. That's the scary thing. So it's entirely possible that the next time your plane is grounded and doesn't leave or doesn't leave on time, it'll be because there was no one to fix it. Well, you know, the these kind of conversations, and we, we hear them in all kinds of industries, that uh, shortages for people that are thinking of careers, looking to maybe change jobs, maybe you're a mechanic but not a pilot airplane mechanic uh, be uh, interesting to start thinking about perhaps a job opportunity for you there might be pays pretty well tsa has added a new gender option to the pre-check application process uh here's a, a note from travelers united do you expect daily housekeeping service when you stay at a hotel motel Mm-hmm. My the, my answer to that would have been yes until recently. Um, now I still would like to have it, but do I expect it? Probably not. Anyway, this is kind of interesting. Thirty-one uh, percent said I insist on full daily room housekeeping. I would fit in that category. Forty-six mm-hmm. percent say getting just getting towels changed is enough, and twenty-three percent say it's not important to me. So if you do a little reverse math on that. of the people staying in a hotel say, well, bring me some towels or leave me alone. I'm okay with that. You can look for that to be the next place that hotels are going to come after us. For the 31% of us who want daily housekeeping, I will bet you money that by this time next year, we are talking about hotel facilities that are charging people to have daily housekeeping. I, 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 My guess is every two days, every three days is going to become the norm. Because when they see surveys like this, and this one's from Travelers United, so this is not something that the hotels stack themselves, but when they see that 69% of the people are, two out of three people are okay with the housekeeper not coming in the room, bet money the housekeeper is not coming in the room. Well, now now I'm starting to feel bad that I fall into that category. Well, I, I just could bring me new, clean, fresh towels because it's 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 affecting you. Don't, and, well, and that's the thing. That, you run into the housekeeper in the in the hallway in the afternoon, and uh, she says, you need room service? It's like, well, you know, it's 4 o'clock. She's probably got two rooms left. She'd probably like to go home. I don't really need it that much. Yeah, just give me some towels. That'll be fine. I've done that before, just out of kindness to a housekeeper. 
But uh, when I, I when I check into a hotel, and for God's sake, I'm paying twenty or thirty percent more for the hotel room than I was paying a year ago. And one of the reasons you're telling me it costs so much money is because you've had all these in, these increases in you know soap and wages and supplies and towels cost more and all this kind of stuff. But you're not giving me that service. And you're charging me extra for it. Be careful. So somebody sit me down and explain that to me. Boy, I tell you, you were steaming there for a second. I thought I saw steam coming out of his ears. How about you, folks? I've been in the travel industry for more than four decades, and it just pisses me off when when this whole service thing is, well, we'll just eliminate this service, we'll eliminate this service, but we'll raise the price and nobody will notice. So uh, we need our millennial friends to start noticing. All I right. guess. Well, there Anyways, you go. moving along. One um, here's a couple of Delta Airlines stories. They posted a $735 million profit in the second quarter, despite all of those problems with flights not being on time and being canceled and luggage getting lost. Speaking of Delta Airlines and luggage getting lost, um, things are a mess in Europe. I mean, really, really, really a mess in Europe. And the uh, a lot of luggage is getting disconnected from people either on the way over or on the way back or on a connection along the way. And so uh, if you are if you are headed to Europe, be warned about the baggage situation. Delta flew an airplane to uh, to the U.K., and it doesn't say why the return flight was canceled here, but it was. And so Delta decided they needed the airplane back in the States so to run back to London again that night. So they filled it up with almost a thousand suitcases that belonged to Delta passengers. Some of them, it would be interesting to note, were not even headed back to the United States. But Delta felt like if they could get control of the luggage themselves, they could get it to people faster. So they flew. They did what we call deadheaded and airplane uh, back to the United States with nothing but luggage on board. My gosh, the Delta CEO was on TV a few days ago, and he looked really, really miserable. And and I think the only thing he could say is, we're really sorry about this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, um, here comes a story from uh, right here from in Sacramento. You want to talk about driving? Driving here is a study that said Sacramento drivers are the second worst in the United States. And for some unknown reason, Bakersfield is number one. San Francisco and Los Angeles round out the top five. Baton Rouge, Louisiana is in there. I'll try to look into that and see if I can find out what the criteria was for that. And finally, uh, Tesla has opened a transportation tunnel system uh, under uh, under Las Vegas. It has been uh, Elon Musk's boring company has been using a massive high-tech boring machine to deal, drill tunnels just wide enough for the Teslas without disrupting the service. The first part of the whole system is now uh, connecting the Las Vegas Convention Center and Resorts World. And soon there will be 55 planned stops on a 29-mile loop throughout the resort corridor from the airport north to downtown. People will be able to ride Teslas to commute between those places. This story doesn't tell us how much it's going to cost to ride those Teslas. I can't imagine that it would be free. No, no. Yeah. You know, it's, Vegas is a 
pretty much a high roller kind of town, or it yeah. certainly can be. I mean, there are places there where you can spend a thousand dollars to play one round of golf. So you know, uh, it uh, when you at the beginning of that story when you said that uh, Elon Musk's boring company. And I said, well, he's not real exciting, but I don't know if I would call it boring. And, and then and then you went on to explain that it actually is boring. Yes. A hole in the ground. That's yep. crazy talk. Remember the old movie, Paint Your Wagon? I do. And they, they, they dug. If you remember, the premise of that was there was gold was discovered. It was somewhere in California around the gold rush was where the story was taking place. And they figured out that when people went into bars and stuff like that, they were and paying in gold. Gold dust was filtering through the floor. And so they hollowed out all the areas underneath the bars and the restaurants and all that stuff so they could collect the gold. Right. And then the town started falling in. So perhaps that will be Las Vegas's fate. Anyway, good luck to Elon Musk and his boring company. And that's your travel news for today. All right. We are the Travel Guys. Again, links to our special guests and more at TravelGuysRadio.com. And if you happen to be out of town sometime and you want to listen to us on the road, remember we're always available on iHeartRadio. Mark? Well, and Tom, we have a story about the rideshare folks here to talk about. But before we get to that, I have an item here from one of our uh, Travel Guys listeners. Um, He and his his wife were in Phoenix, and they got an alert from Southwest Airlines that their flight was delayed. And so they got late checkout, and then they got another flight delay, and the flight was pushed back further. So they thought, well, well, you know, we'll have lunch in our room, we'll go to the pool, you know, we'll relax. After lunch and on the way to the pool, they get a text that says, your flight is back to its original <laughs> departure time. Oh, I knew this was coming. So now they're scrambling all over the place and trying to get uh, to the airport and make their flight. The good news is they did get to the airport and make a flight. Their question was... Um, what are the rules? If Would the airline have to rebook us on a later flight at no charge? Would they pay for an extra night of hotel? What if we hadn't seen that, uh, that notice that put the flight back on time? Um, you would think that if an airline tells you, hey, your flight is delayed a couple hours, and you took them at their word and showed up accordingly – that there wouldn't be any issue if the flight had somehow gotten early. You would be wrong. Um, if your flight leaves on time, no matter what the airline told you, it would be up to them to be kind and generous if you didn't make it to put you on another flight without charge to pay any sort of expenses for you and put you on a flight the next day. So this is really – I've heard this story from folks before. I was hit by it myself once. So be very careful. If you're in a situation where you say, well, your flight's been seriously delayed, um, with some of the airlines, you can look online and you can see where your plane is. So if you can see that the plane is in the air from the last destination and it's two hours late and it's not going to be there until two hours after you're supposed to depart and therefore unloading and loading, etc., and you'd say, well, you know, that's a pretty sure thing. And that would be a pretty sure thing, but it doesn't preclude the possibility that if your plane is going to someplace like, let's say, Denver, where there are 60 United Airlines planes on the ground every hour, and United Airlines might say for whatever reason that the flight that you're on has takes more precedence than this other flight, so we're going to take this plane over here and we're just going to yank it off that flight and leave those people and we're going to put it over here on the Sacramento flight. So you don't have any way of knowing if that's going to happen. You really don't. I mean, we were just talking earlier about uh, about mechanics, and the possibility that 
you know, your plane could be delayed because the plane wasn't fixed. Well, what if they thought it was going to take three hours to fix it and it only took an hour? I mean, they're not going to sit there for two more hours. So the bottom line uh, to this listener and to anybody who's listening out there is you have to take those delay things with a grain of salt. You got to be prepared to depart when the plane is supposed to depart or at least gather enough information on your own that you can be reasonably certain. If the plane's coming to Sacramento and not to a hub, it's not likely that they're going to be able to replace it with another plane. So if physically the plane you're leaving on is late and isn't going to get here till a certain time, physically it probably isn't going to leave until 45 minutes to an hour after that. But in hub airports or in large airports, things can happen that can change things literally like that. So just be careful if your airline tells you your flight isn't leaving for a while, that's the best information at the time they gave it to you. Right. Well, we've talked a lot about this, and uh, your best, if you can, just go ahead and show up, and then you're just going to have to have to stick it out. Now, you mentioned some airlines. You can go online and find out information where your plane is. Uh, where do you find out what airlines that would include? Well, um, United and Delta for sure do it. Um, Southwest for sure does not. I can tell you that based on personal experience. Uh, but United will show you where is my plane coming from, and you can track it back as far as you want to. So you can you can literally see, you know, is your plane coming from an area? Is your plane headed to Atlanta and Atlanta has a horrible thunderstorm warning? So and now your plane's got to get from Atlanta and back to Denver and back to Sacramento. And so there you go. So anyways, um, wanted to move on to this um, thing about the damages from ride sharing companies. One of uh, this was a uh, reader at Chris Elliott's website. And they eventually had to turn to the website uh, to the consumer advocates to try to get their $150 back for cigarette burns in the car seat. Guys rides in the car. 30 minutes after he gets out, get, gets out of the car, gets a note from Lyft, says, we, we billed you 150 bucks. Here's two pictures. Um, you burned a hole in the seat in the last car you were in. Only problem is the guy doesn't smoke. Other thing is, if you look at the two pictures that they submit, the two pictures are not from the same car. Um, And so obviously this was a driver scam. Um, What happens is you find out when you go to Uber and Lyft's website, they have a whole list of charges for riders. Um, Anything from soiling the carpet really badly to spilling food or beverage, something like that in the car, to something like a cigarette burn. So this was a scam because there's no way for you to pick up the phone and call Lyft. You have to do this all by email. Five, six weeks went by. This guy couldn't get anybody to respond. When Lyft responded, they said, you know, we've reviewed this and we're sticking with the original decision. There's no appeal. And you've got no phone to be able to pick up to call people. So this is the problem with some of these modern technology-based customer service things is that it's great when they work. But if they don't work, you have no recourse as a customer. You have no way to be able to go back and say, wait, you know, I don't even smoke. Um, these pictures don't line up. How is it that this guy had a hundred? How is it you've already taken one hundred and fifty dollars out of my bank account for this? So, just be careful. If you get into a rideshare, 
and the ride share is dirty. If the you know the last guy who got in obviously just come out of the mud, and it's all over the seat or all over the floor, then I would recommend that you take the time to point that out to the driver, and even take pictures because your phone, of course, will time date those pictures. So if you take them before the ride happens, then you'll be able to easily show that. That happened right after you were picked up in the, you know, right after you were you got into the car. Mm-hmm. It was like because it'll show what time you're picked yeah. up. Yeah, so it's just a little bit of a word to the wise. There's a little bit of a scamming going on out there, and uh, if you don't want to be pay for someone else's charge, why then you've got to be careful and make sure that. Uh, that you protect yourself, and one way to protect yourself in some of these modern technology things is take pictures with your phone camera. And uh, if you use a major credit card, if you have a dispute over the payment, you have an opportunity to either stop payment or have some recourse versus using a debit card, or for that matter, if you paid cash, uh, then you're you're pretty well screwed. And, of course, Mark, you got this information by going to... Uh, Chris Elliott's website, who is a consumer advocate, uh, and I'm assuming Chris helped this guy uh, get his 150 bucks back. He ultimately did get his 150 bucks back, and he led me to the, the Uber and Lyft sites to be able to see where all these charges are. They are listed on there, but you have to look a ways to be able to find them, and of course, they're incredibly arbitrary. Well, all right. Well, good information. Uh, we always enjoy having Chris on and uh, he, him being part of the Travel Guys. Uh, he has helped a lot of our, our travelers along the way. And as we've uh, promoted and mentioned on the air uh, over the last week or so, we were going to talk to somebody who just completed a bucket list trip. We talk about the bucket lists, where to go, but rarely do we get a chance to actually talk to somebody who accomplished it. And our special guest is uh, is Steve Ryan, owner and uh, operator of Rudy's Hideaway out here in Rancho Cordova off of Hazel. First of all, Steve, welcome to the Travel Guys, and how are things at Rudy's? Um, things are great. Rudy's has been around 52 years. Um, great customers, great crew, you know, kind of, I think we kind of got it dialed in after 52 years. So yeah, the place is um, still going strong. Yeah. The, the food's even reasonably good there on occasion. <laughs> Just occasions. You got to catch us on the right day, but uh, yeah. somehow people keep coming back. Ah, Rudy's is one of the Rudy's is one of the best places to eat in all of Sacramento and has been for a good part of those fifty-two years, Steve. So congratulations on on uh, on, on continuing the tradition there because it is it is really well, a fine place. Well, thank you. There's not too many of those little independents that uh, are still standing and they're hard to start up once they go away. Uh, Steve, uh, is Rudy's a back to a regular schedule or do you have any days off? Um, I'm there quite a bit, but, um, yeah, we're seven nights a week, and then we do lunch um, Tuesday through Friday. Got it. All right. As we mentioned to you, uh, in fact, it's been several months ago, you, you sent me a text and said, hey, I think I want to go someplace, and I'm looking for some advice. Tell us where you were looking to go at that time and uh, how you put your trip together. Well, I'm a car guy. I've got um, – I've always been – fascinated with the internal combustion engine, I guess. And anyway, I'm a car guy, and I've always um, dreamt, and it was kind of a dream, of uh, going to the Grand Prix of Monaco. Um, So I uh, threw it out to um, a buddy of mine that I've known since I was 10, uh, Jamie Williams, and uh, we went to school together, and we actually 
achieved uh, a level of success that I don't think any of our teachers were um, expecting. I mean, the big money wasn't on us to get through. But uh, so anyway, we um, decided to look at going to the Grand City of Monaco. And um, you have a tendency to spend money on everybody else, but not so much on yourself, just kids and tuitions and things like that. So anyway, we decided right. to go to Monaco. And we just went big. Um, we went first class, initially flew into Nice, which was just beautiful, and that's where um, the airport is. One of the things we were, I was kind of surprised at was that uh, everything is very reasonable. I mean, actually cheaper than California. The euro right now is at a 20-year low. It's uh, reached parity with the dollar, so you could get a glass of wine for $5. You could get a cocktail at a nice restaurant for $5. Meals with a bottle of wine were maybe 60 or 70 euro. Very, very reasonable. We were surprised. British Air lost our luggage. We did some shopping, um, got a nice polo for um, 20 euro and so on. But everything was very reasonable. From there, we took an Uber to Cannes during the film festival, had a great experience at the JW Marriott. And that was very close to where the festival is held to the point where the celebrities and film stars were staying in our hotel. Cool. And as we left our hotel, there was all kinds of paparazzi, and we would put on our sunglasses and wave and act like we were <laughs> <laughs> headed to the festival and part of the fun. But, um, yeah, that was beautiful. They, um, they were doing the Elvis movie when we were there. They were premiering that one. They had Tom, uh, Top Gun when we were there. So Tom Cruise was there. Tom Hanks was there. Never saw him, but they were there at the festival. We saw where that was held. And uh, from Cannes, um, of course, nice restaurants everywhere we ate. It was just terrific. The people, the French are very great. You kind of hear mixed reviews sometimes about the um, Americans. Before we pick up with uh, heading towards the car race and all, I uh, wanted to ask you, how did you how did you put this trip together? Oh, we um, looked at um, on the Internet and there was uh, this group as far as organizing the um, Grand Prix at Monaco. Uh, it was called Senate. That was a four day stay at the Monte Carlo Bay Hotel right on the Mediterranean. Just fantastic. And then three days, the races, there was two days of qualifying and then the race days on Sunday and at three different venues. Uh, all fully catered, all air conditioned. Um, and then on Sunday, uh, we were trackside. We were right. I mean, it, the cars were maybe 50 yards from us. It was just incredible. And um, so anyway, Senate did that. They organized that part of the um, trip for us. They're definitely online and there's different packages that they do. I mean, there's grandstands and so on, but um, that would be uh, booked the Monaco um, portion of the trip through in the Grand Prix Park. Well, did uh, did it the trip meet your expectations as a uh, bucket list trip? Well, actually, it exceeded it. It way exceeded it. Um, we did visit um, Saint Tropez, which is, I mean, it's all these areas. Of course, are just the playground for the rich. I mean, it's you know everybody's. <laughs> Everybody's beautiful. Everybody's driving a Bentley, a Rolls Royce, a Ferrari. I mean, just all the hotels that they're as common as Camrays are in Sacramento. So yeah, that it was, it was, it, it exceeded it. Just the opulence and the wealth is just mind-boggling. Monaco, almost everybody there is a millionaire, millionaire in Monaco. And if you're not a millionaire, you're a billionaire. There's 38 
billionaires living in Monaco because of the tax reasons. Steve, you told us before we started the interview that you did some of this, at least, using points and, and things like that. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, my buddy Jamie uh, has a business, and um, as I do, and just with Visa and American Express, we just accumulated a lot of points. All the hotels outside of the ones that were set up with um, Senate and the Grand Prix folks, uh, the other six nights, we got it all with points. Also, with our airfare, British Air, the majority of that was all done with points. So um, outside the uh, outlay of money for the Senate group and the Grand Prix, and um, that included the housing, the housing, much better than housing, the hotel and all the catered venues for the races, we pretty much were able to do uh, the rest of it with points. By the way, if you're just tuning in, we're, we have Steve Ryan, uh, owner of Rudy's, just got back a few weeks ago from his bucket list trip to uh, to Monaco, to the to the Grand Prix and, and all of that. And uh, anyway, uh, Steve, any advice to uh, any of our listeners that might be thinking about following in your footsteps, any pitfalls, things to watch out for? I would say more than anything. I mean, we're both collecting Social Security now, um, and you can't buy time. I think maybe Steve Jobs might have said that. But, if you know, if you've got something that, you know, is kind of itching at you and you want to do and you're kind of reluctant, I mean, you know, sometimes it's you just pull the trigger and try to figure out how to make it work. And, you know, I always like that expression, um, you know, if you don't fly first class, and we did, but if you don't fly, fly first class, your kids are going to. So we decided to fly first class and do everything first class. So my recommendation would be, you know, if you've got it, spend it. Good for you, Steve. Do you have a do you have a second uh, bucket list uh, trip uh, in mind? Well, I had so much fun on this one and would like to spend more time like in Central Pay and Nice. I, Grand Prix has 21 different venues at Singapore. It's Dubai. I was thinking about possibly, um, you know, going to another Grand Prix event in another place, but I don't know. I just had so much fun in France. And, um, and again, I, you know, a lot of vacations you go on and you're ready to go home at the end of it. Uh, this wasn't one of them. I, I wanted to stay much longer. Uh, sign of a sign of a good vacation when it comes time to go home that you don't want to leave. Tom, let me ask you: you're you're a little bit of a homebody type guy. Do you have a bucket list trip that you are hoping to do? Well, you know, being a being Italian, uh, I really want to see the old country, uh, Venice, and and so forth. And I haven't, so I would say that would be it. And uh, and you know this this. This might not be a bad time to go. How about you? Yeah, well, you know, I take people on bucket list trips for a living. So <laughs> I kind of find my places when after people take me there. Steve, congratulations on, as you said, pulling the trigger. Because there are a lot of folks who have always wanted to do something like what you did, um, but just never seem to get around to it. So congratulations for, for jumping in and making it happen. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I was also listening to the... Um trip that you've got planned to Santa Barbara, and I haven't done one of those, so I'm kind of considering that as well with the travel guys. <laughs> well, that'd be awesome. Well, yeah, I, one thing that you would you will find in common that Santa Barbara has in common with the areas you were talking about uh, around France is bring your wallet. 
because um, Santa yeah. Barbara is definitely Santa Barbara is it's it, they they don't call it the American Riviera for nothing. They're they're trying to imitate uh, not only the atmosphere but also the cost involved. Yeah, I have not spent much time in Santa Barbara, but um, I'm actually since my college years. But uh, and then again, I wasn't traveling like I travel now. But uh, yeah, no, I might consider doing that uh, trip that you guys have got going. Well, Steve, thank you for spending a little bit of time with the travel guys. Well, I'll have to come out one of these days, and we'll just we'll sit around and talk about uh, bucket list trips. Oh, I always love listening to your show, and um, yeah, would love to uh, would love to treat you. Well, thank you, Steve. We look forward to uh, to seeing you real soon. You stay well. Uh, hold down the fort there at Rudy's. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. Wasn't that a great interview, Tom? I mean, wasn't that wasn't that a great story? It just you can almost put yourself in a seat, you know, right there, right there, watching the Monte Carlo. Well, Steve is uh, good at uh, telling stories, and uh, he's a fun and exciting guy. I, I want to thank him again for taking time out of his busy day uh, to do that. Rudy's one of my favorite places, and as I mentioned, uh, Rudy and his wife were longtime sports leisure travelers. So uh, went went on the road with Rudy lots of times. Great, great, great guy. And uh, every year, except for let's say the last uh, two years, we always bring on Darla Givens, the media director, and we talk about the California State Fair. But as everybody knows, we haven't had a state fair since 2019. So we're back in action, and let's uh, bring uh, Darla on and spend some time talking about the 2022 State Fair. Welcome to the Travel Guys, Darla. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for having me back again. And that's exactly our theme this year. We're back together at the California State Fair and Food Festival, which we added in 2019. But I know it's been a couple years, so we all forgot about the Food Festival. And what is the Food Festival, you know, addition uh, really, what does it really mean? You can actually purchase a Food Festival pass. It's $28, but it's a $40 value. And that will get you four food items at the participating food vendors. So we have the food vendors who are participating and they will have a flag, a nice purple flag that says food festival participant. And you'll go to that food vendor and they will have one specific item for the food festival. So you can't get it any other way on the menu besides having the food festival pass. Um, okay. Darla, in the old days, um, we used to have, there used to be a building where you went in and got a bunch of food samples and you kind of rated them and stuff like that. And then those folks, based <laughs> on the ratings, got um, either a, a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down from the state fair. Is there anything like that going on? Well, we don't have the rating system, but we do have the Taste of California, and that's in the California building, and that's where we have our local olive oil um, growers there to to share what they do in the olive oil industry, and we know we have our olive oil competition, so our competition winners will be there to sample their olive oil and give a quick lesson on olive oil as well. We have an olive oil tasting class. Um, and that's just one of the um, California, Taste of California exhibitors that we will have there. In addition to honey as well, you'll be able to taste local honey. You know, in the past, if I recall, uh, there's always uh, some select wine tasting as well. Is that true? Wine tasting. Uh, we do have um, the classes for the wine tasting. Um, we do have our 
I should say, our Save Mart Wine Garden, where we've expanded it to 64-foot wine bar now, and we're also adding more wine slushies. And that's located in our wine garden. <laughs> Are you laughing about that? <laughs> did, did you say wine slushies? Wine slushies. Oh, yeah. right. well, that sounds kind of cool. Uh, speaking of cool, I know that the state fair is always uh, happening at a time when it's uh, when it gets it gets pretty hot. Uh, people are yes. going to be looking for places to cool down, cooling stations. Uh, what is uh, what do you guys have in, uh, set up for this year? Okay, well, of course, we have our misting stations located throughout the fairgrounds. And these are going to be in areas where it's not in a building that you can go into and cool off. Um, We'll have them strategically placed so that you just get the burst of of cool air, cooling mist across your face and across your body. And we have several of those located um, strategically across the fairgrounds. And then also under our food court, our center food court, we have misters and fans in those areas as well. Darla, I know that on some days of the week, um, there are special days for kids, special days for seniors. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So uh, for kids, we have kids $2 Tuesdays, uh, where all rides are $2 for everyone, and children 12 and under get in for free. Our seniors, they get in on uh, for $12, and we do have Senior Day on Fridays where you get in for $10. What are the regular admission prices for the fair? Okay, the regular admission prices for the fair right now are $14 for your regular price ticket, and children 5 to 12, it's $10, and anyone 4 and under, they get in for free. We do have Smud Giving Monday to help you save some money. If you bring in three non-perishable items, you get into the California State Fair and Food Festival for free until 3 o'clock. And all the goods that you bring in benefits the Elk Grove Food Bank. And what about the parking, Darla? What's the parking uh, fee this year? The parking fee is $15. And we just suggest you pile the family in the car and head on over. Darla, is is there any special event or anything at the fair besides we talked about the food festival? Before we let you go here, is there something, anything else that you would like to highlight? Well, you know, this year we have the first ever cannabis competition at the California State Fair. There's no marijuana on the fair, no cannabis, cannabis being uh, sold or consumed at the fair, but it was all scientifically based. And since marijuana is now legal, I should say cannabis is legal in California, um, a group of people got together to present the scientific information behind cannabis and the growing um, cannabis industry in California. So it's a really interesting exhibit. It is 21 and over, however, so okay. they will be checking IDs. I have to I have to assume that that will be over uh, there in the area where the arts and crafts are in that area, it, where the towers? Yeah. Yes, in the Expo Center. Expo Center. And also in... Yes. Also in the Expo Center, we do have several new exhibits, including the Cats and Dogs, the exhibition. Um, And it's talking about also the science and the behavior behind cats and dogs and why they do what they do and how we fall in love with our furry friends. And we also have the Toytopia. We'll have some real-life arcades, back-in-the-day arcades, that you can actually play. And a giant-sized 
Etch-a-Sketch. So it's really cool uh, things to see in that exhibit as well. Um, also have the candy maze. If you like those retro candies, it's a candy maze selfie station. All right. Last question here because I am big on this. I love going yeah. to the horse races. Oh, uh, yes. So what's up with the horse races? Uh, what days of the week are they running at six, and so forth? Yes, we have thoroughbred horse racing, and I'm talking thoroughbreds that you see at the Kentucky Derby. Um, They are going to be racing Friday, Saturday, and Sundays. And you can also place your wagers. The State Fair is July the 15th through the 31st. It is going on right now, all the way through the the end of the month. Darla, thanks for all yeah. of the information and stuff. It sounds like it sounds like the state fair is a little bit different than it was when I was a kid. It sounds like fun. Yeah, we have a a little bit of everything for everyone, and we just want families to come out and have this memory, create memories, and just have a great time. And for more information, you can go to calexpostatefair.com. That will answer any questions you may have. We'll have a link to that website at travelguysradio.com. All right. Well, like I say, stay well. Uh, Good luck out there at the State Fair, and uh, we'll see you on the grounds. Sounds great. Thank you guys for having me. Sounds like it should be a great few weeks out at the State Fair. Perhaps just a little bit hot, but then, of course, that's kind of been the tradition. Okay, I have a quick story here at the end. Um, You can call this a travel story if you want to. The headline from the Sacramento Bee says, Trail runs cold. Help be curious. Find the man behind a mysterious American River plaque. We're going to post a link to this at TravelGuysRadio.com so that you can help us. Um, It said the plaque reads, Mark the Wing Williams, a civil a civil engineering student at CSUS in November 1985, hurled a stone across the river from this point, a distance measured to be 497 feet. He re- repeated this feat often in the presence of his classmates. And then the plaque says awesome on the end of it. Where the bee is trying to find this gentleman, Mark the Wing Williams. So if you know about the plaque or you know of this gentleman or anything that might be able to track him down, we'll put a link to the story at TravelGuysRadio.com, and then hopefully you can can uh, speak up and they can find out who this mystery man was. I just think it's kind of a cool story. 1985, so we're going hmm. back, what, 37 years now. So the wing would be at least 55 to 60 years old at Could this be. point, most likely. Yeah, he might be listening to this show as we speak. That's that's fascinating. Okay. Yeah, isn't that a, isn't that a neat story? So TravelGuysRadio.com, there'll be a link there um, to Mark the Wing Williams. If you can help uh, the bee find this guy, I'm, it, it's a good story. <laughs> and wouldn't it be cool if a Travel Guys listener um, dug it up? So that about wraps it up, Mr. Thomas. Yes, it does. Thank you so much for joining us, my friends. We'll be back uh, next week, same time at 3 o'clock. Don't forget now, uh, links to uh, our special guests on our program today are always at TravelGuysRadio.com. Mark, final word. And remember, dance like nobody's watching. And maybe Mike Yastrzemski will hit another walk-off Grand Slam this week. (laughs) Stay well, my friends. 